Okay, okay. You know what? That's a great. Why that's great for this intro today? Uh, because we're talking about capitalism. Yes, sir. Cue that music. <laughs> This is forthcoming. We're your hosts, Aiden Shank and Brendan Chafin. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm lit. Nice, nice, nice. What are we going to be talking about today? <laughs> Capitalism. Yes, sir. The greatest, one and only, best economic system. <laughs> We're finally starting to dive deeper into like individual topics now. Mm-hmm. We've set a strong foundation. Uh, we've kind of outlined what this whole podcast is going to be like. Now we can dive deeper into individual topics mm-hmm. and really uh, go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yep. So what is capitalism to you, Aiden? It's uh, it's individualism at its best. Mm-hmm. It's our free market um, in its truest form and the highest level of allowance where we can dictate what's best for us as human beings in America. Yeah, I think it's the classic producer does what the consumer says type of thing because if they don't then the producer is going to go bankrupt that is the best way to put it because without capitalism we'd be in a heavily controlled i wouldn't even say like militaristic state because the government would be controlling everything and capitalism at its finest sense is going back like to the previous episode it's an atomized level of the economy now so it's basically like conservatism except applied economically if you really think about it because mm-hmm. You're basically letting the individual, not a tribe or any type of other political collectivist group, you're just letting the individual, yeah, you're just letting the individuals control how the market plays out and what producers or companies are going to be effective and which ones are going to go bankrupt. Right. And in what sense is that, like, what is more conservative than that? Like, honestly. Yeah. Because the last episode was all about defining conservatism and, like, the philosophy yeah. behind it. So now we apply it to individual topics. And in this episode, economics. Uh, what is the freest form of economic policy, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, is the less government control. How do you take away government control and the economic system? Mm-hmm. Decreasing regulation, opening up um, free trade, and really allowing the highest level of competition in the yeah. market. Because when you start to do that and the government's not helping these companies that they're in bed with, to a sense, then competition grows greater which then encourages innovation because the company mm-hmm. which is the which is greatest innovated is going to be the company that gets the most money from the consumer. So it's like you either need to keep up with the times or you're out. And that's survival one, of the it's fittest. Survival of the fittest, yeah. It's right. a biological thing to a certain extent. The argument then is that conservatives uh, don't account for monopolies. Mm-hmm. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. We definitely do. Yeah. Because Again, going all the way back, because we set a firm foundation on on the premise of this podcast, we were talking about the purpose of government yeah, to defend liberty. Yeah. And if monopolies then are impeding on that economic freedom by um, stifling competition before it can grow mm-hmm. to, a, to a valid state or buying out competition, mm-hmm. it'd be buying out competition yeah. in the case of monopolies, um, then that's an imp- an, an impediment 
on our freedom, yeah. which means it is fully justified for the government to step in and break up monopolies. Yeah, and that's where we delineate the difference between libertarianism and capitalism is because mm -hmm. we do believe in some extent to breaking up monopolies because now you are impeding on the freedoms of people trying to create a business. It's right. just at what point, and this is what separates us from progressive liberals, is what point does that start to happen? And for us, of course, it's way farther down the line where we're getting into conversations with things like big tech today mm -hmm. to where you have these giant spears of technology which are just controlled by what three major companies you have twitter facebook and google and they control and well, amazon it'd be microsoft and so amazon and um facebook owns social media and major tech i guess apple too for i mean well, I'd say <laughs> the even point amazon. the point still yeah and amazon, they all amazon. they all give each other they all put their hands in each other's pots and they're all taking money from each other right. so like amazon for example they're not going to let someone else on their servers if they don't have something that aligns with what they believe or what's making the money. So they can just kick people off. Same thing like with Apple. If you have an app like Parler, for example, that right. they think is not regulated enough, then you take it off the App Store and Google takes it off their Play Store. They have total. The, there's total control. No matter how many big players are in the picture, because you know you can say four or five, whatever. Yeah. Big tech companies. Uh, the point is that they're a monopoly because they're. Um, they have total control over the market. Yeah. So if a lot of liberals will say, oh, you don't like how free speech is regulated on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, yeah. uh, then just make your own platform. We've tried yeah, we that. we tried, <laughs> and then it literally gets shut down, which is the craziest thing about it is the, co the companies can be as big as they want as long as there is competition to an extent that they're not denying with their pretty much exclusive services that you yeah. need to be successful. In it's a later episode, we'll talk about free speech and how <laughs> Twitter and, and Facebook and, and uh, Instagram have kind of perverted free they speech on their yeah on their on their platform yeah. that's a different story right now we're talking about okay they did that assume it's not illegal mm -hmm. um because it isn't because 230 right 230 now, protects yeah, it. section 230 230 is unconstitutional in yeah, my opinion i agree um but all that out the window it wouldn't matter if we had uh, a free market in technology and in yeah. um, social media platforms so that we could create competition and kind of um, stifle out any injustices the consumer finds in the market. Yeah, and as conservatives, this was one of the most predated conservative philosophies before conservatism was even a thing. You had mm -hmm. John Locke who really wanted and valued laissez-faire markets, which was con the complete lack of regulation of the government, the hidden hand playing it, which essentially is just the the market is not controlled by the producer, the consumer, or the government. It's really controlled by all three, and that's the, what the hidden hand technically is, is that you don't need government or anything laying down regulations because it'll naturally be handled by just the the process of people buying things and things being sold. And as conservatives, we need to make sure that we're actually advocating for this stuff, even if, to a certain extent, it may hurt I don't know, like an American business in-house, like Fiat, for example. When right. Fiat was sold to Italy, but the U.S. still had a stake in it, Obama bailed them out for billions of dollars. And that's economically disastrous because now we just lost billions of dollars to a car company that's not even fully operational in the U.S. So I think that's a big line we need to draw as conservatives is what constitutes our share towards free marketism and what do we need to do to protect certain things because right. i don't think we're at all protectionalist but to a certain extent things do need to be protected or else like we'll our liberty see, yeah because we'll see monopolies being created mm -hmm. 
our freedoms, our freedoms in the market. Um, you mentioned John Locke. Yeah. And Milton Friedman then applies freedom to that same laissez-faire philosophy mm-hmm. of um, the best way to protect our individual rights is to protect the free market yeah. and and how that applies to each one of our lives as individuals. Yeah, but because like that is literally the best way to progress things economically speaking in a greater direction because oh if you think a business is being racist oh you don't have to buy from that business and then mm-hmm. you can start a movement and people want to buy from the business oh you think that this business is not upholding certain values that I believe in like nike for example oh you don't have to buy from nike anymore and nike will suffer the consequences until right. a, an apology is issued or they change some yeah. type of policy so in a in a sense capitalism is not just the freest form, but like I said earlier, it's the most conservative form and the most constitutionally form of the market yeah. because it just it allows for so much opportunity and growth and for um, just ideas to flow as well. Yeah, and you take the flip side of that. Um, an organization is funded or um, subsidized by the government mm-hmm. or has a guaranteed source of income through our tax money. Yeah. Um, that means that they have no incentive to improve their product, mm-hmm. to increase uh, cost efficiency. The money that we're getting is not helping, or the money that we're giving is not helping us back in any way. It's just helping right. bail out a big business. There's who, no competition. Yeah, who is now destroying the freedom of another business because they're getting bailed or subsidized by the government. And when we're talking about freedom, that can also that ties back into the pandemic as well. I mean, we just got done with the pandemic where our freedoms as consumers were greatly limited to us by the government because the government got to deem what businesses were essential, quote unquote, and what were non-essential, quote unquote. So yeah. it's important that we realize that when these things are introduced like they were during the pandemic, it allows for great failures, like what we saw with the economy basically just going right down the hole. It was just it was terrible. The loss of businesses, the loss of small businesses in particular, wasn't it like 70 percent of small businesses or something got almost decimated? A ridiculous. Yeah, amount. by the um, the shutdowns during the pandemic. So I think it's really important that we realize what happens when these freedoms aren't allowed because we just yeah. saw and we saw how dangerous that was to people's livelihoods and to the economy as well. They weren't essential businesses. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> because uh, so now the, the government can dictate what we need and what we don't. Yeah. Any any point in history uh, where the government steps in and reaches their hand, not the invisible hand, but their physical hand into the economy, mm-hmm. we suffer as consumers, as citizens of America, as citizens of any country that experiences yeah. this. Um, they they say, oh, well, the flip side is socialism, and socialism has never been tried, so you can't prove that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, socialist policies have been tried, yeah. and those don't work. Capitalist don't. policies have been tried, and those do yeah, work. Of course, yeah. And full free market capitalism, I don't believe, has been really exhibited in its fullest form. So mm-hmm. I can so you can make the argument that socialism has never been tried. I disagree. But then you also have to to concede the point that I can make the same argument ab- about capitalism. Yeah. That capitalism in its most literal and and truest sense, the ideal economic system for Aiden has never been fully <laughs> implemented in yeah. any country. Yeah. Um, because there's always been some regulation or overstep to some mm. degree. Yeah. Uh, but the point is that what cap- what of capitalism we have seen has been only good, and what of government overstep and overreach into the economic system has been only bad. Yeah, and that 
that's tying in today because when we saw the overreaching of the government after the pandemic was over, they're just printing mass amounts of money right now and it's causing inflation to go up to the highest it's been in, I think, 2007 is what I want to say. It's a very long time. It's mm-hmm. Inflation's up by like 1.4%. And the more the government steps in to just sit there and print off money or hold these businesses back, the more of an economic collapse we are likely to face. And that's one of the biggest things is that it goes back to the pandemic all again is that the government literally impeded freedoms of businesses whenever I, I'm a capitalist and I'm a consumer and so are a lot of people who aren't even necessarily pure capitalists but during the pandemic they would have loved to go and yeah. buy something from a local mom and pops pizza shop or to all the friends on the left who say cap or uh, socialism hasn't been tried we got a little bit of taste of it during the pandemic. Yeah, we absolutely we, we at least we at the very least saw what government overreach looked like mm-hmm. and it didn't end well. Yeah. You say the gov- the the pandemic was handled poorly? I I would agree. And mm-hmm. it's because of government overreach. Yeah. Everywhere where we see it, yeah. we the the populace suffers. Yeah, but and it straight up poisoned the economy as a result. And not even oh, the we'll federal Oh, we'll be feeling economy. this for a while. Yeah, we will. It poisoned the state economy because President Trump, and as a conservative, you kind of have to, he left it up pretty much freely to the states to decide how much they could do or how little they could do, which is, I guess it's within his right. You know, he's the president. He can't impede on state powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Federalism is a strong conservative yeah, policy yeah, and or it, platform. And it, it poisoned the, the economies of the states because you had all of these liberal state governors who totally shut down their economies. Mm-hmm. And you know who they left open? The same people that are giving them billions of dollars every year who are promoting their messages online, Nike, Walmart, Amazon, who are promoting these progressive liberal narratives they're the same people who give them money and they're the ones who get to stay open so it's just crazy when you really see what true socialism to its farthest extent has been implemented in the united states to see how poisonous that is to our political environment and our economic landscape yeah. and one benefit of the pandemic is that we got to see the stark contrast between freer states that um refrain from large overreach mm-hmm. and uh the more liberal ones the the blue ones yeah that started to to kind of embrace this opportunity to implement policy that capitalists should and do disagree with yeah um it's worked out way better for the red it states has. like <laughs> florida for example florida you can't argue with booming that. and their um death tolls and deaths per capita were a lot lower than new york's and new york had a lot stricter of policies as you know and there was a lot more cover-ups happening in new york as well there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening um i guess under the covers an extent because you had old people getting moved into old homes where sick young people were getting put in and when you see government control like that, they'll do anything to make themselves look good, which is what socialists do. Yeah, anything to protect their power. Yeah, but then they do that at the same time while destroying their own economies because it progresses the narrative that they care about everyone's feelings and safety. But in reality, a lot more people are going to be heavily hit and affected by this, economically speaking, the pandemic would have ever done and just um, well, apart making from, people sick. Apart from uh, appearance, it also increases dependency on the government. Yeah. Which is the main thing that capitalism defends against mm-hmm. is depending on somebody else for your health care, yeah. for your education, for anything. The, the whole welfare state, uh, we're, we're investing a huge part of our lives into the government and allowing them to dictate what happens to us. And the more we do that, the more uh, we're tied to um, a, a partisan... Uh, 
loyalty. Yeah, we're, I guess you we're would tethered say. down to party lines mm-hmm. because you're either an individual or you're someone living under the government that falls under a collectivism of tribes, which is what the you more see the government, the more the government provides for you, and the more a single party provides for you specifically, the more you are are um, monetarily required to vote for them. Yeah, exactly. So they you feel, that you feel entitled that you now have to vote for them since they're basically handing you free money and food. Yeah. And that's why... Oh, if I vote for a Republican, I'm not going to have health care. Yeah, and <laughs> that's why we try to promote individualism with things like capitalism and conservatism the best we can because it should be up to you how you want to live your life and mm-hmm. give to your family and how you spend your money. And that's what we're all about as being conservatives. Yeah, conservatives want... Uh, affordable health care, just clarifying on that. Um, but we believe the best way to do that is through the free market. Yeah. Because it, the free markets have worked in every other yeah, situation, every every other scenario. Yeah. So it's going to work in health care too. And we're, we want the most freedom, the most individualism um, possible in America so that people aren't tethered to a single party or uh, a single yeah. candidate who promises to continue providing something that you depend on. Yeah, and that's the same thing we saw with the healthcare. I'm going to call it a healthcare crisis mm-hmm. when Obama implemented Obamacare for the first time. It drove premiums way up because now everyone's like, oh, I can get all of this from the government for a lot cheaper. So then it drives premiums up. So more people are now dependent on the government because it's cheaper to have government health care. So then now the health care businesses go out of business and the government is left to now raise taxes to whatever it needs to create or just to gain more money throughout forms of health care and it creates a giant government monopoly which is the very thing that we're against or supposed right. to be against so monopolies it's all hypocritical conservatives are always accused of of defending monopolies we said it at the beginning of this episode uh but we're fundamentally protecting against monopolies in the free market as it applies there but also the government monopoly yeah. when they have control over what you consume Yep, exactly. And that's a great point. And I can't wait to go farther into other more specific niche details about other topics. Uh, We have some great stuff in store. We appreciate you guys listening. Episodes out every Monday. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.